0: Welcome to Northwest Passages, the program that features books or authors with a connection to the Pacific Northwest. I'm your host, Douglas Furr. This month, we'll feature passages from David Gutterson's Turnaround Time, a book of poetry inspired by the beauty of the outdoors in the Pacific Northwest. And if his name is familiar, Gutterson was also the author of Snow Falling on Cedars, which was popular a number of years ago. Today's passage is an introduction to Gutterson's connection to the outdoors as a young man in Washington with rich characters surviving what could be a rough territory.
1: My uncle, Henry Shane, was a member of the Mountaineers and an avid, energetic hiker and climber. Standard when I was young was for Henry and his outdoor associates to converge in North Bend at Tweed's Cafe, eat breakfast off the griddle, then carpool to one trailhead or another, where they laced up boots saturated with Ohm Diber's miracle concoction sold under the trade name Snow Seal. Henry knew Diber personally, not because he moved in an atmosphere of high profile alpinists, but because Seattle in the mid 20th century had a tight knit hiking and climbing community. When I tagged along on mountaineers' trips, a lot of hikers looked familiar. Henry was enthusiastic but not sentimental or romantic in his view of the natural world. He hadn't read Wordsworth, Thoreau, or Muir, but he had read substantially in academic geology, in local history, and in guides to flora. He liked mountaineering lore. His mind held fast to facts and numbers. He knew the dates and circumstances of Mount Rainier climbing disasters. Six-foot-four, lanky but broad-shouldered, Henry literally dragged me up Mount Dickerman when I was small. On his advice, I held on to his pack while he made a direct ascent in snow, and in this way, we summited. Later, I walked coming-of-age trails in the Central Cascades with Henry. We made off-trail forays in the Alpine Lakes Wilderness before it was the Alpine Lakes Wilderness. Years later, we traversed the Bailey Range together. At that point... Henry was 76 and spent a lot of time bent over his pack, facing the sky and his hands on his knees, halted and working to slow down his breathing. He didn't want to quit, it all meant too much to him. He lies now beneath a tombstone inscribed with the words, He loved the mountains. From the playground behind my junior high school in Seattle, I could see, on a clear day, both the Olympics and the Cascades. I felt drawn toward both ranges but couldn't get to either often enough. Then someone told me that Boy Scout Troop 173 overnighted once a month year-round, and I joined. The troop was divided in military fashion into patrols of a few boys each, so it was fellow patrol members I tented and camped with. My patrol leader at one point was named Don Harder. You can Google Don Harder Climber if you want details, But suffice it to say that when I knew Don, he was already an experienced and skilled technical rock climber. Don goaded and derided me with amicable fervor. He was in the scouts for no other reason than to hike and camp, and so was I. We also had in common a mutual friend, Mark Emerson, who died on Castle Rock near Leavenworth, Washington, at 16. Mark's father had been part of the 63 Everest Expedition, which was composed significantly of Western Washingtonians. I had no idea at the time what a local heyday it was, and was anyway innocent of high alpine ambition and of interest in rock walls. I just wanted to roam, and did, with other people who also desired the freedom of the hills." The day after taking my last high school final, I got a ride from my sister to Randall, Washington, where I went to work for the U.S. Forest Service on a brush disposal crew. The clear-cutting of timber was then reaching a zenith. Logging trucks barreled out of the mountains recklessly. The mills ran three shifts, glowing at night, and choker setters took home $8 an hour, or three times what I was paid. A lot of Randallites were flush enough to eat at tall timber, or at the Mount Adams Cafe, or to drive up to Centralia to buy gear at Yardbirds. Randall was unincorporated and nebulous. It had no center other than Fisher's Market, a grocery store not far from the bridge across the Cowlitz River. We summer USFS employees bought food and sundries there, refrigerated our cases of beer in a stream, and slept in a bunkhouse. The guy bunking to my left began each day by starting up a turntable and playing Led Zeppelin's Houses of the Holy, always side two, which began with dancing days. Most guys rose then, but some refused to stir for another quarter hour, having closed down the Big Bottom Tavern the night before and having staggered in darkness up Silverbrook Road to drink more in the bunkhouse. No matter. By 7.45, all were on the clock. Sometimes we piled brush in partial cuts, but mostly we ran fire suppression against sizable slash burns. These blazes were usually initiated at dusk, when fuel moisture felt prime and the wind had died down. If all went well, we stood around and watched a monstrous conflagration. But far too often, a bad burning strategy meant flames jumped the line, leaving us to scramble in a smoke-filled woods and in a welter of wee hours shouting and confusion to lay out a new fire line and hold it.
0: That passage was from David Gunderson's Turnaround Time, published in 2019 by Mountaineers Books. You can learn more about the author, the book, and his other works at the website davidgunderson.com. Until next time, this is Douglas Furr. Thanks to Connie Furr for her reading. Northwest Passages is a KSQM Studios production.